Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Mom to Mom. This is episode five and on this episode we are going to discuss how to implement the Charlotte Mason method. It is a method that I thoroughly enjoy. It is one that when I first started homeschooling, I did not start out as a Charlotte Mason homeschooler. And I actually started out quite traditional. And when I read about Charlotte Mason, I felt a kindred spirit. It was like everything that I thought that education should be was what she was saying. It was just beautiful. So I faithfully followed the Charlotte Mason method for years and adjusted as my kids grew. Um, and became more eclectic as time went on, but I've really enjoyed the method and I've seen great results. Um, what is your experience with it, Lindsay? Well, um, I am new to the Charlotte Mason method. I have, I guess I was, I was introduced to it through blogging and through you. I, I heard about it and I have become more interested in it over the last couple of years. I actually have really got uh, become more familiar with it through a podcast called A Delectable Education, which you said you've listened to and heard of as well. And uh, I have been listening to this podcast for about three months and just love it. <laughs> the girls on there, the way that they explain it, it makes me want to to do Charlotte Mason, but I haven't actually <laughs> done it. I have been tiptoeing in it. I, I tiptoe in it by listening to this podcast. And I'm, I just started a book called Consider This by Karen Glass, I believe it is, is the author. Uh, and that's about the Charlotte Mason method and just learning more about that in different ways. So I guess I have even a lot of questions for you, and I'm interested to hear more about the Charlotte Mason method uh, from, from how you implement it in your home school. Okay, yeah, we're going to go over um, briefly implementing it into – um, our everyday homeschool. So we're gonna this first we're gonna discuss the elements, but not in detail, because the elements we are actually going to discuss in detail in upcoming shows. So look forward to that if you want to know more about the individual um, elements of the Charlotte Mason method. But right now, what we want to do is discuss more on how to actually put it into motion uh, for those because we often get questions on how do I schedule, how do I you know how do I get it going. And that's what we're trying to address right now. Um, basic elements are habit training. And that's the number one. And the reason that's number one is because Charlotte Mason said, the mother who takes pains to endow her children with good habits secures for herself smooth and easy days. Now, wouldn't we all want easy days? Smooth and easy that days. That does sound sounds, good. It sounds fantastic. And habit tra- training is the first and most important tool because it is going to set the tone for the, the rest of your homeschooling, for the rest of that day. I mean, it's, it's a day-by-day thing many times. <laughs> and she, Charlotte Mason also went so far as to advise that formal education would be delayed 
So a child is about six years old because up until that point, the focus would be on habit training. So if you, even if your child's older, if your child's developing bad habits, then you take the time out because it is the most important thing. Obedience, attentiveness, those are very important. Um, you would take time out and focus on those things, even if it means pushing aside some lessons. So and then we also similar have, to character training and teaching self-discipline, those types of habits? Is that what we're, talk, we're going to be talking about? Yes. On, a, on an upcoming show, we will be discussing in-depth habit training, and it is very much studying character. And what we want, the first thing you teach your child is obedience, because without that, everything else is going to, everything's going to hinge on that. Let's just you know, start character training is very important. It is very important because, like she said, when we say secures for herself smooth and easy days, it it is true. It's a lot easier when your child does not want to do a page of math. I mean, and is just dreading it. It's a lot easier to have a child who has already learned the habit of obedience than a child who has learned the habit of arguing, because habits are taught um, by default if you're not teaching them actively. So another element would be living books. Those are, and that's a question that is always coming up in the Charlotte Mason. People are interested in the Charlotte Mason method. They want to know what it is. And we add a lot of living books into the method. Those are books that inspire. They're written normally as a narrative. It'll draw the child in. It'll motivate the child to learn more about the subject. It, bring, it just brings it to life. We're not talking about textbooks. We're talking more, more of a story, a narrative like historical fiction, for, for instance. And then, of course, we have narration which that is for a child to express what the child has learned through the reading. And normally you don't do that um, written until they're around 11. Under that you can do it orally. But I like to vary it up myself and do a lot of fun ways to narrate, not just like maybe create a poster, maybe create a diary entry. There's a lot of fun things you can do. And, again, that's another topic we'll delve a little deeper in, and I'll have some little fun things for you then. And dictation, dictation we've all heard about, and that is a goal for the child to learn spelling and grammar. And we, we always use passages of great works of literature or the Bible and, because we really want to just infuse our children with that type of, that type well, of now, beauty and knowledge. I have a question, uh, and this is something I've actually heard is a common question is, where does memorization fit in between dictation and narration? Well, memorization, usually they can use a passage of verse, poetry, and okay. those are, yeah. They, and they but it's not the same certain, thing. It is not the same thing. No, it's not exactly the same. It is a little different. Okay. And another that I'm sure Charlotte Mason is also famous for is art and music study. And because you know, we always want to expose our children to greatness in all forms, including the beauty of the arts and music. Children love that. Is it, tr anyway, is it truth, and beauty, and goodness? <laughs> I hear that a lot. But everything that is true, beautiful, and good. <laughs> right. And then finally, uh, not always finally, because the Charlotte Mason method does not end, or the elements don't necessarily end here, but another one that most people are familiar with is the nature study. And this is where Charlotte wants kids to go outside and play, you know, record daily what you see in your nature journals, learn about God through nature. Nature science is the first science that it, you're, we're really trying to implement in a child in the younger years. So those are just a few of the things that we're going to fit in, and we haven't even got to 
uh, math and science quite yet other than the nature science. We haven't quite got there yet. But these are just your basic elements that most people are familiar with. If you were to say, hey, what's the Charlotte Mason method? Are you familiar with it? Most people are going to say, yeah, um, duration, nature study, living books. You know, that's the basic thing. But let's talk about how we're going to put those into our daily schedule. That's, that's a little different because it sounds like a lot because we didn't even get to our read-alouds and our private reading and our history, foreign language. Oh, it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? It How does, yeah. It, it does. <laughs> I, I have to admit, when I uh, – my thoughts on Charlotte Mason, whenever I hear that, always go to nature study and a lot of reading. That's what, <laughs> what my initial <laughs> thoughts were when I would hear Charlotte Mason – and I guess, how do you fit in all the reading that has to be done? Because it, it sounds like a joyful experience to be able to sit and read, but as a busy mom, I'm also thinking, where where do I fit that in to our school day? So, but you have some really, I, I read your your post on it um, on our Talking Moms website uh, called. Uh, Fitting, fitting in your schedule uh, the Charlotte Mason way, and I learned a lot from it. <laughs> about, I, I guess I had never thought of doing school this way, so it was very, it was made me want to research more about the Charlotte Mason method, and I hope that it does our listeners as well. Yeah, the reading, I've often been asked how my children were able to read so many books in one year. Some people only assign a couple of books a year, and my children were reading like 10 books a year, if not more. And they were wondering, how is that possible? Isn't that overwhelming? And believe me, it was seemingly overwhelming to my kids as well when I would, they see me picking out and all these books and then they see the books coming in from Amazon and they're like, what? This is for what? This is for a lifetime? What is this for? <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's kind of how, you know, they, they didn't understand it either. But I was given wonderful advice, and it was wonderful advice that, and sadly, I don't remember where exactly it came from. could have been simply Charlotte Mason, maybe. I'm not quite sure. It was so long ago that I started implementing this, probably 10 years or more. But every quarter, I would assign a literature book, a biography, or historical fiction for my kids to read. And then they would also have a read aloud each quarter as well, which, you know, we're doing that as a family. So I don't do that individually. We do it all together, no matter how many children there are. We do it all. And pretty much, have, if you're familiar with sunlight, it's pretty much like that. And then I'll assign maybe a few other books that correlate with their studies in science or history. So they have like a living book to go with their science class, a living book to go with the history class. And what I would do is I'd take a book and I would divide the number of pages by the number of days in the quarter or semester. Okay, so... Take your book, doesn't matter how many pages, just pick it up, look at how many pages it is, and how many days you have in your quarter semester, and you divide it. And actually, this is a fantastic thing to do with your child because That's it is what a I was thinking. beautiful a great math, math lesson. lesson. Now, that will give you the minimum pages to read daily for, you to, for the child to complete the task. So once you see that how many pages you read a day, because you'll notice that sometimes it's only a page or two pages, maybe five pages, you know, once you see that, that it's reasonable and it's, it's not really that difficult, then it, it makes it so much easier. Because I then I have to tell for myself. myself. <laughs> yeah, because 
I told my son, look, and myself, because <laughs> he saw this big book I gave him, and he was like, oh, you expect me to read this in, in a quarter with everything else I'm doing? I said, you oh, and we did the math. I said, look, you only have to read three, three to five pages a day, and then you'll be done. And that that was perfectly fine. And they never had difficulty finishing or completing their books uh, because it put it down in a bite size. It was it was a nice little method for them, and it also helped them keep themselves on track, keep their time management going, because instead of putting the book off and putting it off and putting it off until, oh, it's due, now I've got to read 100 pages, you know, and if you're going to read 100 pages and you're going to binge re- read a book, you're not, your child is not going to grasp it. They're not going to, like, you know, really sink their teeth into it. And we pick these living books so they can really just fall in love with it or understand the time period better and just really, like, live that education, have a, you know, a beautiful atmosphere of your education. There, you know? there is something to slow reading, to being able to to just take chunks here or there. And I, I think you do remember it better than the binge right. reading. And, you know, the other um, subjects that we um, talk about, like Bible. And copywork, that's another Charlotte Mason hallmark of the Charlotte Mason education is copywork and the dictation and the grammar and all of that. Not everything is done every day. Keep that in mind. You're not doing every single thing every day. As far as music appreciation, pick one composer for a term, for a quarter, for a semester. Pick just one and study that one. That's your music. You only have to do it once a week for maybe 10, 15 minutes, one time a week. And that sounds like nothing. You're like, that's it? But And it is. That's it. It's wonderful. But I'm telling you, once a week for only 10 to 15 minutes, your children will get so much out of it, so much out of it. And the same thing when we talk about art. We do picture studies. What I do, and I'm not quite sure this is a Charlotte Mason purist, but someone else can – Guys out there can let me know what you think of this. Those, because I've, I've, I'm kind of somebody who likes to dabble in my, my little methods, do my own thing. So, I have a frame, and if you've seen those frames at the store, where they have like these little clips and you clip pictures on instead of putting it behind glass. Well, I bought one because I thought it was really cute and I was going to put it up, but I never had a chance to put it up. Just never did. My kitchen was getting remodeled, and I never ended up – that's where I wanted it. I thought it would be cute there. Well, what I started doing with it is on every little clip, I have these great cards. Lindsay, you'll know what these are because of Usborne. What are the Usborne cards with the art appreciation, the art <laughs> cards? Right. We do. <laughs> Lindsay, yes, you know, we have, art you're putting me on the spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to. It's, just, it's what we use. We use yes, yeah. um, no, we, these we do have our, our different – Yes, art cards. Yeah, and I take one of those cards, and for the time that we're supposed to be studying, um, I put it on that little clipboard, and along with that, I'll put um, a vocabulary, I'll put a, a capital, a state and a capital, and a few other things, or habit that we're learning, you know, that we're focusing on, and I'll put all that on this board, almost like Sesame Street, so every day they can say, the letter for the day is, but it's not changing every day, but they're constantly seeing it. They're constantly seeing. We did Picasso, so my children did Cubism, and they did their own little works of art for one of their activities. And, again, it's for art that's once a week for just about 10 minutes, 
for only like a term semester, however you divide up your um, your year, whatever you, you know, however, what are you feel com- more comfortable with? So, and you don't do the music, you don't need to do music and art at the same time. Often what I would do is I would do music one for one term and then art for another and then music again or art again because I I used to do three terms. I've kind of changed to two semesters now, but I used to do three terms. And then when I do two semesters, I just do one on a composer and one on an artist. So that, that takes down your stress level a little bit because it's like, oh, that seems reasonable. I'm not a music person, so I'm learning a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> and Bible is every day for 50 yes. minutes. Yeah. Every single that's day. Really important. And I think it actually teaches our children to make that a priority every day for the exactly. rest of their lives. It's usually the first thing that we do. Not saying that's the first thing you must do, but it's the first thing we do. Copy work um, is about 10 minutes long. Uh, we have dictation. It's about 20 minutes. Copy work is about five times. You know, it's all, all week. Dictation is only a few times a week, and that takes about 20 minutes. And it takes about 20 minutes because of the process of dictation, which we will go into detail on as well. And literature, we do that about once a week. We do history twice a week. We do geography twice a week. And we do math every day. So what you do is you take the things that you do every single day, and then you plug in those subjects that you do twice a week. Say, well, when do I want to do them? Do I want to do Monday and Friday? Do I want to do a Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Thursday? You know, whatever works in your schedule, whatever you feel will work for your children. And keep in mind that when you have, when you're doing the Charlotte Mason method, one of the great things about it, because, it, again, it still sounds a little overwhelming to have all these subjects, but the time frame that you're going to put in, do you have children in grades like one to third, the younger elementary, each subject is only going to take you about 15 minutes. That's for each oh, that subject. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> and, that really yeah, does sound lovely. So much 15. different than what we're doing now. And the reason that it's 15 is because Charlotte Mason knew that beyond those 15 minutes, your child's eyes would be glazing over and the child would not be absorbing anything. The child would be become fatigued at that point. And well, then now, that's I, ha- when you know, I have a question. Is, what if you have a child that goofs off for 15 minutes? And how do you make sure that you do get your work done? Well, for those 15 minutes, I have found that it's, Charlotte Mason is not really a student-led type of method. Now, there are student. she does emphasize the idea of students learning time management, doing independent projects, that type of thing, in master, uh, masterly inactivity. But when the actual teaching is being done, it is teacher-led. So okay. I am controlling how those 15 minutes go. Now, that's but it not doesn't to say consume that, your day because these are such short lessons, which I, I think actually sounds quite manageable. Well, and I think because the lessons are short, the children are a little more apt to listen because they know they're not going to sit there for, you know, be bored and they're tired and they're exhausted. Because imagine doing uh, some of these subjects. Imagine doing them for more than 15, 20 minutes. Even even I would get tired of it after a while, not learning or absorbing much. So I have found that just doing the 15 minutes, now that's when they're younger. It does increase as they get older. But 15 minutes is normally enough time for a young child to sit down and get their math done. And by that time, you move on to something else, something more like a literature or your music. 
just vary it up so the child's never getting exhausted and things are always moving. And when they're always moving, it's you're going to find that they're going with the flow a little bit better. They're not exhausted. They're not going to be as cranky. They're going to be paying attention because things are moving and they're, you know, you're moving on their level. But if you find that you have a child that's being resistant, this is the time that you say, oh, there's a habit training issue here. I've got a child who's not being obedient, is not being attentive. Would Figure out which one, be obedience, attentiveness, um, and focus on that. That will be the next thing that you focus on, even if it means you have to set aside something else that you're doing. The most okay. important thing is the habit training. If every day your child is crying through math or your child is not listening and you spend that 15 minutes, you're like, goodness gracious, I have not been able to get any math done, then you're not getting math done anyway, right? Take the time to train the child the habit of obedience and attentiveness. And then you will find, and diligence, and that's what we're working on right now is diligence, and then you will find that your children will respond better because they will have learned those habits. And as it, they and get older, true. Like, yeah, it, it, is, it is true it is that true. if you take the time to work on those things, uh, so often we're looking for quick results, but homeschooling is, it's a marathon, and you really do see the results long-term. Right. And, you know, the shorter classes, they they also help build that habit of attention because they learn to pay attention, and they learn that when yes. their attention's starting to go, you've already switched to something else, so there goes their attention again. So you've got it again. You're always having a captive audience, you know, that's and that does help because they've learned, okay, it's time for me to sit and pay attention. It's time for me to sit and pay attention, you know. And um, as they get older, like fourth and sixth grade, you increase the lessons to about 20 or 30 minutes. And then seventh and through ninth grade and above, you can go from like 30 to 45 minute lessons depending on the subject. Uh, with that, my, that's really neat. And all of that time sounds manageable, even for the older grades. And it, it doesn't sound too um, overbearing. Right. It doesn't have to be overbearing at all. Um, in fact, there is a fantastic site, and it is by the um, same women who do a delectable education. It is SabbathMoodHomeschool.com. And I mentioned that because I had come across it, and they developed something that when I saw it, I was like, I wish I thought of this. If I wish I would have thought of this idea, it is beautiful. It's called their scheduling cards. They're only $5 to purchase, and it will improve your life like you wouldn't believe. It is simply <laughs> a download. Hey, for five bucks, and if you're saying it will improve my life, I am all in. <laughs> oh, it is It is absolutely perfect. I, I highly recommend them because I had just found it. I was looking, and I was I was developing a schedule, and I was trying to develop a new schedule because I, I have student, you know, children that are dyslexic, so we take time to do remediation. And I was like, well, I need to get on a little bit better schedule because we've been getting a little off track lately, and I'm trying to plug things in. And as I was doing a little bit of reading, I came across this, I mean, quite accidentally. And I'm just so, it's such a happy accident. And I quickly downloaded, because she has them in, with, divided up by grades. So I downloaded them in the grades that my children were in. And you just print them off, and there's these cards, and they each have the subject, like literature or math or even play, dictation, you know, modern language. And she even has a video showing how to set it up, doesn't she? Yep, there's even a video. You cut those out, you you paste it on, 
you know, or like on a, on a board, on your pay, however you want to do it. You can even put it like in a little index card box like she'll show you. And it really is just you just go through it. It's like, okay, what are we doing now? You could just set your timer to it. And you will get so much done in a day. You won't spend four hours thinking, oh, my gosh, he's in four hours of school. He's done two subjects. I mean, you just won't do that. And then you know you're going to both end up exhausted. You know, you're going to spend three hours of school, and you're going to get it all done. And everybody's going to be – they're going to have been attentive, and they're going to be happy. Okay, well, all right. Now, that's a little rainbows and unicorns. But <laughs> it will go smoother. You will get more done. And I think that overall I've noticed my children enjoyed the process a lot better um, years ago when that's kind of how I did things with my older two children where we went through. We had this big whiteboard. It was an easel. And I would put down their copy work. I would put down their spelling and um, what they had to read that day, what they were going to do for narration that day because I like to vary it up. They didn't always write. Sometimes they wrote something a little different or I asked specific questions, and they would come in, and they would go, and they would look at that, and they would do that, and, go, you know, go through their paces, and we would do math and all that, and, you know, through the years that I didn't always do it that way because of needs changing, schedules changing, a lot of things, and I found myself recently going right back to it, going, oh, this is just, it's like a relief. It's like cold water on a hot day. <laughs> and like, I have oh. heard that, that Charlotte Mason it it's a uh, it relieves the burden of what we put our, ourselves through. I I have heard that. That's uh, a lot of what they've talked about on that a delectable education podcast about how it, it just it's a breath of fresh air <laughs> to do the Charlotte Mason method. I'm excited to learn more about this. I, I'm excited for for our series as we go through. Right. I'm I was already like I said telling in it and now we're just going to go full fledged and I'm going to learn from you and I'm going to keep reading about it and I'm going to check out these scheduling cards. <laughs> what what I mean I, that makes stuff easier and I'm all about it. So I mean for anyone who was interested in scheduling because I know at first it seems a little overwhelming because you understand the method has what it seems like extras like the narration and dictation, things that you wouldn't normally do. So it seems like, oh, I'm going to add more, and I'm already schooling for so long, and we're already not getting a lot done. So hopefully once you've heard now that, nope, the scheduling is shorter, we're going to really focus on getting the best attention out of them by shortening those classes and increasing the time they get to go outside because it's a very big deal that we do our nature studies, we do our nature walks, and get kids out there. It's also important that we give them time in the afternoon to work on their own projects. So once you kind of get, you know, get that, we hope that you'll say, hey, you know, maybe this is something that I want to explore. And then as we go through those elements that we discussed earlier in depth in our upcoming shows, that you'll learn a little more about it and have an easier time implementing it and get excited about it. And, again, those resources that are, resources that are greater Ambleside online, it's like a full curriculum, and it also will tell you everything that you would want to know about Charlotte Mason, the education, the principles. And also, Simply Charlotte Mason is one of the best resources that you will find online. Not only does it have, um, like, schedules you can download, you know, free scheduling, and it's totally free. You can just go on there and download a schedule and fill it in. It gives you different kinds of schedules, like one that's Shakespeare-focused or one that's depending on your the age of your children. I mean, it's it's great. They also have their own curriculum, and they have some great curriculum. 
And they even have something on there that when, if you're overwhelmed about what to pick, they even have it right down there for you. Like, just pick this, pick that, pick this, you're done. You know, a lot of help there. And let's see, there was a book called Charlotte Mason Summaries. And that is great because the Charlotte Mason's original homeschooling series that she wrote, they're very long books, but they're they're fantastic. But sometimes you want a summary, and that's where the Charlotte Mason Summaries comes in. <laughs> I'm going to have to add it to my reading list after I finish this, consider this, that's also on the Charlotte Mason method. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully we've developed a little bit of interest uh, for the Charlotte Mason method, showed you how easy it is to make that schedule, you know, 15-minute lessons, certain things only have to be certain days. And let me quickly go tell you, because I think we did, we did kind of go over the idea of what would be, you know, every day. Uh, what I did is Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and you'll see this on the post that Lindsay referenced earlier. It was fitting it all in the Charlotte Mason way. And it is on our blog, TalkingMomToMom.com. And I showed you that on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, that's when we did history, which was shared among all the kids. We also did additional subjects such as logic or foreign language, and that's also when we would have done on Fridays is when we would have done the music appreciation or art appreciation. Tuesdays and Thursdays we did science, and that, again, I shared amongst all the kids. And then I would add in on those particular days poetry, geography, or a handicraft. And, uh, again, on Fridays, if I wasn't doing – depends on how I did things. Sometimes I still implement um, Shakespeare on Fridays, even if I was still doing music appreciation or art appreciation, I'd still do it anyway. And then every day, so if you want to know what's every day, copy work, narration, nature journals, spelling, dictation, math, language, grammar, Bible, and Latin, which that was every day. And it's not, like I said, it does sound like a lot, but keep in mind, some of these things take 10 minutes, like your copy work. Some take 15 minutes. Nothing is really going to ever take you more than a half hour. You can go up with high school kids up to 45 minutes, but really nothing is – but by that time, they're going to be very independent. So if you have little ones, it'll work out very well. It's a great method for people with a lot of different ages, children of different ages, because a lot of the subjects are integrated, and the subjects that aren't, well, you've already developed a habit of these children being able to manage their own time and being obedient and attentive, let's hope, and, and diligent. So while the older kids work, then you can focus on the younger kids. For the things that they well, need to yeah, do and that's what I'm always looking for is something that I can do with the whole, the whole crew. <laughs> we can all sit down and do as many subjects together as possible because that entertains the young ones because they get to feel like they're older sitting with us. So that's I'm always looking for a way to to be able to do all that together. And where it does sound like a lot, like you said, if you're only doing it for a few minutes here and there, you can actually fit in more in less time. So right. That's and get the scheduling thing. cards. I, you know, I really, I, I just love those cards. I know that Simply Charlotte Mason, I believe they have a download also with scheduling cards, but it's not the same. It will just give you the subject, and then you just kind of like fit them into your own schedule. Like you kind of, it's almost the same concept, except the scheduling, which is fine, but the scheduling cards from um, Sabbath Mood Homeschooling, they have more information on them that will also have on them how many times a week, how many minutes a day, and it will also indicate whether it is how teacher-led um, it is on the card as well. Plus, it will also tell you uh, what 
brain function it's using. Like, is it, is it math-based, literature-based? So you'll know, okay, we're going to do this and that, because you never do two at the same time that use the same brain power. At least that's what Charlotte well, that, Mason. That's really neat. So it gives you all well, that information. And when I found it, I really just wanted to email them and just thank them, which I probably still will do, because <laughs> I, just, I was like, that is just beautiful. I wish I would have come up with that. <laughs> Well, and if you use them, uh, any, if any of our listeners go over there and purchase them and use them, you'll have to let us know what you think. We would like to hear from you. Um, if you really enjoyed using the cards or anything off of Simply Charlotte Mason, and if you have, uh, if you have been using this homeschooling method for quite some time and have a testimony about it that you want to share, or if you're new to it and you have any questions about it, we would love to add them to our podcast. We've been We've been doing a little question time and taking some questions from our readers and listeners, and uh, we would like to to add those questions to the podcast and talk about them. Isn't that right, Rochelle? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Especially the and, next several episodes will be on Charlotte Mason. So if you have any questions about specific items, um, about the elements that we mentioned, please let us know so we can add those into our show. Yes, info at TalkingMomsMom.com, or you can go to our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash TalkingMomsMom. Our question this week is, I would really like to know your experience on changing directions mid-year. What do you do when something isn't working, and how do you know when it's time to change curriculum versus just pushing through and making things work? Hmm. That's a question I've asked you a few times, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have I have one daughter, my seven year old, has thrown me for a loop. We have changed curriculum too many times to speak for her. And I come to you every time and I, I ask you, you know, what how do I know if this is a curriculum problem or if this or is this a problem with just that's not clicking with her or maybe it's a behavioral issue or Oh, can you share your wisdom that you always give me with our listeners? Well, the the first thing that I try to do, because I have myself have had switching curriculum, oh, sorry, switch curriculum and done all of that myself many times <laughs> through the years. I have four children, and they're all different, so using one thing didn't always work. Recently, I did have an experience with it. I was using a particular math curriculum with my youngest daughter, and she did not like it. Now, not liking something is not enough for me to change it because I, I do want you to enjoy it. Of course, why not? But I look more to see if it's effective. And sometimes things are effective even if it's not your favorite. Sometimes it is. And if I find it's a discipline issue, you know, I find it's just they just don't want to do it. It's just not their favorite subject then I don't switch it right away. I work on more of the the discipline issue of that, more of the trying to push through, being diligent. That's what I try to push, you know, try to enforce. But if I find that the curriculum is not matching up with their learning style or they're just not, they're not grasping it for whatever reason, it's moving too fast, it's moving too slow, then I look into switching. Uh, the math curriculum my daughter was currently using she actually wasn't doing bad. I mean, if you would have looked at her grade, she was doing fairly well after each lesson. But if you were to ask her outside of that lesson, what did she learn, she really couldn't communicate it. It was like she was learning it to do it, and then she was done. It wasn't something that was – the lessons weren't sticking with her. So I switched because I thought, no, she needs 
something more, something with a little more sticking power for her learning style. And I switched, and she's doing much better now. I had to do the same with another child when it came to spelling and had to switch up a method for her because she wasn't doing well with spelling. And then we decided to make it a little more hands-on, and she then did beautifully. So if it's you're noticing that the child is, if it's not a discipline thing, if it's not that they just, just don't want to do their work, then it's time to look through it. And so the say, question well, is, is it an attitude issue or is it actually, are they grasping this? Uh, and is, is this curriculum teaching to their learning, like, to their learning level, to their right. learning capabilities? And don't be afraid to switch at any time. If you are finding something is not working, don't torture yourself and your child by sticking with it all year. Switch mid-year if you if you can. That's fine. Or you well, know what? If if you don't want to do that, I had that experience with a math pro another math program. That's funny. I had that experience with math lots of math programs where um, my child was well. He didn't learn very well with the spiral approach because it just went. By the time he learned the lesson, he really needed more practice with that particular lesson instead of all the review. So I didn't switch the math program. What I did is I just adjusted it. You know, it's, it was solid. The math program was a great program. There was nothing wrong with it at all. So I just decided that instead of taking the approach of just getting something totally new, that I would um, focus on those lessons and omit some of the extra busy work. You could cut lessons in half or, and spread it out over a longer period of time. You can also get resources online that are free to add to it if they need some supplemental right. work or some remediation, can't you? Absolutely. My husband once told me, he said, you are in charge of your curriculum. You drive it. Don't let it drive you. You know, you're the and one. And don't let it, it. I, I guess, too, a lot of, a lot of us homeschool budgets that we need to stick to. So maybe right. so that maybe that is something you need to add on to the end of the homeschool budget is some extra money, leave it there for in case you need new curriculum during the year. But also be aware that you don't have to just jump and buy new stuff. You can also go online and find totally free methods that you can find around the house to help supplement with or you can actually go and find downloads and that other bloggers or um, curriculum publishers have made that are free that you can you can print and do a supplementation too. Yeah, and see what you can get out of the current curriculum that's not working. I mean, when exactly. you're looking at it, you're thinking, you know what, it's not working. I just, I wish that it would review this more. Well, you don't need to switch your curriculum. Don't worry about that. Review it more. Uh, I wish it would move faster. Well, Move it, move it along a little faster. You know, the, you don't have to necessarily follow it exactly how it's laid out. Right. If and you I need to adjust had, it, adjust it. And I've even had curriculum where it was too hard um, the one year, even though it was like the correct quote-unquote grade level, uh, it, was, it was too advanced for where my daughter was at. And so I put it aside. We got something that was on a lower level and did that. And then the next year we went back to the one that was too advanced. And so I didn't waste any money. Oh, yeah. I see? Sell it. So, I mean, sure, it wasn't the quote-unquote correct 
grade level, but we don't go for that, right? We're homeschoolers. We don't have to have grade levels. <laughs> right, yeah. You're not a slave to anything. You're the one that's in charge. <laughs> you're the one that tells what to do. My husband always say, you're the one that you're like the flashlight. You take that curriculum, you make it shine. You don't necessarily need to be bound to what it says if it's not necessarily working because I would sometimes go, this isn't working or I don't really like the way this is and think that I had to buy a whole new thing. And now I, there are times that I still do. There are times that, you know, I prefer something and will buy something new. But then there are times that now I just kind of just make it my own. Uh, no, I I completely agree with you, and I think that's a great answer. And, again, if any of our listeners, if you have any questions about Charlotte Mason Method, uh, we would love for, or any other questions, we would love for you to write us at info at TalkingMomsMom.com or Facebook uh, forward slash TalkingMomsMom.com with your questions, and we will be able to put it in a future podcast, hopefully. We would love to answer those. Thank you for joining us today to discuss how to implement the Charlotte Mason Method in your homeschool. Please join us next week for Episode 6, Setting Art, Music, and Nature, the Charlotte Mason Way. We hope you will join our conversation next week. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.